Hi, Paul. <laughs> Hello, Headley. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. And uh, welcome, everyone, to Wessex Ways, episode 11. Wow. Yeah. Who'd have thought that, right? 11. 11. We are headlong into the double-figure territory. We, this we is getting are. serious. Episodes are going up and listeners are going down, and that's the way it should be. Absolutely. There's <laughs> <laughs> a bathtub curve, right? Surely at some point we'll start going back up again, won't we? <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I don't. It's quality over quantity. We've got, I mean, obviously, we put uh, a lot of listener comments from YouTube towards the end of the video anyway, and the comments are still there and they're still pouring in, which is great. And, yeah. um, I think we had uh, an interesting comment today, so I'll read that out as well, and we'll have a look at the profile of the person who did that. <laughs> right. Uh... <laughs> Super. So this is Wessex Ways podcast, everybody. Welcome. I'm Paul Whitewick, as you may already know. If not, hi. Everybody knows Paul Whitewick. To a lesser extent, <laughs> people don't know me. I'm Headley Thorne, and uh, I'm uh, basically uh, someone who takes pictures of historic sites using drones from above. What have you been up to then this, this oh, week sorts. or two? Whoa, stop the car, Headley. Do you know what we haven't done? What haven't we done? Intro music. Okay. Well, let's 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 get those banjos out. Are you ready? Here we go. <laughs> go! Ah, oh, marvellous. Oh, we can't, we can't forget the intro music. We can't forget the intro music. Anyway, it's just rude, isn't no, it? No, um, no. Yeah, so, well, uh, yeah, news, first of all. we had, Last week we had a technical issue. I wanted to mention a technical issue. And then, yeah. um, do you know what? We're going to have another technical issue this week, Headley, which is going to be a disaster. Hold on, because I'm not screen sharing. So well, that means technical... anyone on YouTube so far would have just seen my face. Yes. My red face. Why is my face so red? Really large. So but this, well, this I, really so I, is why yeah. people need to listen on Spotify. Because That's very we're, true. We're not built. I'm, well, you are, but I'm not built for YouTube. Aren't <laughs> so our technical, our technical issue has taught us a couple of lessons because basically we were headlong into our podcast last week and mm. we didn't realise that when we screen share inside mm. of Microsoft Teams, it's stops mm. my screen recording from recording so all of a mm. sudden 20 minutes in to the to the youtube video of this podcast our our screen share stopped my visual from recording so all of a sudden we had nothing <clears throat> but pictures to show the the youtube viewers so they were watching a youtube video which is just pictures and pictures of pictures um we've We've had a string of technical, interesting technical faults over the last few podcasts, haven't yeah. we? We've been disappearing. I seem to remember one stage I was the only person on screen for a lengthy amount of time, and uh, yeah, and you know, it's it's good. I mean, we're 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 so slick. We you know we could pretend that we haven't just spent twenty minutes beforehand trying to establish a simple Teams call. You know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. when we yeah, people say to me right all the time, like I know I'm talking like friends or families or whatever. Oh, Paul, you edit, therefore you know computers and technical stuff. And I'm like, no, I don't. My mum, my mum came over yesterday or the day before or whatever mm. to apply for a visa to go on holiday in Canada, and I'm mm. like, yeah, speak to Rebecca. And anything like that, anyone at work, because I've got a problem on my laptop. Can you have a look at it? I'm like, yeah, I'll take it home and show Rebecca. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm the least technical person you can yeah. imagine. So, yeah, even as you just said, setting up a Microsoft Teams meeting so we can host this podcast, yeah. for me, is hard work, Edley. I, I am rubbish at I it. mean... I'm one stage below you. I'm I'm at Fisher Price level. I mean, I, and I'm the IT operations manager for a large airport. You know, I was about I remember to say. I was in the terminal once. I mean, I don't go in the terminal, but often. But I was in, I was in there just grabbing some lunch, and um, someone came up to me with a phone and they said, "Oh, uh, excuse me," because of course I got my here to help thing on. Do you know how to connect to the the, the Wi-Fi? And I'm just looking at her. I don't know how to use an iPhone. I don't know what the Wi-Fi is. And then she looked at my badge and it said IT operations management. Oh, thank goodness for that. And I just I've got the right person. Luckily, another passenger came along and said, oh, I've just done it. You do this. I'm like, oh, thank goodness for that. I, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. But I, so, yeah, I, I mean, well, our yeah. technical issue 
has yeah. kind of taught us that we we probably are treating this more like a YouTube video, or I certainly am, than a podcast. So it's kind of reminded Correct. us that we actually need to talk to the podcast people yeah. rather than go look at this map that you can't see, which is what I was doing yeah. I think, last week too much. So mm. it's been a, it's been a valuable lesson. So um, mm. we are going to try yeah. and treat it more like a podcast than a than a YouTube video. Yeah. And it's exactly the same. I mean, I've, I've sanity checked our last episode in the car on the way to work and it it was a little bit too geared towards youtube Mm. so um anyway anyway we're getting there we're getting but that's fine for all for all of our spotify users yeah (laughs) um there we go headley was giving you a nice thumbs up everybody (laughs) just to um just for purposes of get everyone to switch get everyone to switch off five minutes in that's that's (laughs) that's great so um regarding actual videos you've been making and stuff so what what what's the latest i saw a video you did um and it was about stone circles yeah that ended was up in different. swindon yeah. which is a bit bizarre for well, stone yeah. circles. i mean it, the video was titled swindon because i thought that might sell it mm. a bit more because we did a video years ago on swindon's lost tunnel and that got like mm. two hundred and fifty thousand views so i thought i'd do a similar thing i kind of knew this was going to fail because as as a YouTube video, it was going to fail because our our hardcore viewers are lovers of old canals, old railways, old Roman roads. When I go a bit stone bothery, they don't like it. Mm. We had a we had a really wonderful time once with David Nash, the guy who and his team discovered where the stones come from. The Stonehenge. I've said this a thousand times. But the big megaliths, he discovered where they were. And the video flopped. And I thought, oh, it's just a good video in terms of him as a person. But it flopped. I don't know why, but my viewers don't like uh, megaliths and stones and all kind of prehistory stuff like that. And I say prehistory, I mean pre-Roman. Which is a bit of a shame because I kind of I kind of like delving into it. But nevertheless... Yeah, it might just be the algorithm because I mean, yeah. all at the moment, all social media algorithms are all over the place. Um, yes, correct. I mean, yeah. if you look at uh, Twitter, Instagram, you're based, and you're you're looking at what you're being served up. So even on Twitter, you've got two columns. I think you've got one which is basically your home screen, you know, where you see everything. Yeah, but half of that's not from people that you follow. Oh, you've got a dedicated thing. exactly for mm. you and that's what it defaults to it's the same you've got an, a separate page for followers it's the same on instagram yeah and this is why somebody with you know twenty thousand followers can post something and it's only seen by two three hundred people yeah and i think yeah. i think youtube's going that way it um, does it does feel like, and you're not the first mm. person to say that I've, i spoke to a couple of other youtubers mm. in the last well last 24 hours actually and they said mm. the same thing they said oh so and so's down i'm a bit down are you down? Mm. How are you feeling? I said, well, I'm, only one of my recent videos is down, which is the stone one. And again, I yeah. kind of half expected it, but um, I don't know. The two prior to that are doing okay. There's one on 55,000 yeah. and one on 45 or thereabouts. And they're my, my big new ones. <laughs> so those numbers are insane. Sorry. I know they're insane, but for you, for you, it's it, not. <laughs> I know, I know. It, for it's, me, that's it's different. Different universes. Yeah. yeah well, I, yeah. I class that as good for our little little part of the world. Yeah, really yeah. good is over 100 exceptional is over sort of 300 but that's a yeah it's youtube it just is what it is isn't it if you play the game and you Mm. really work at the thumb in the title then you can and you get it right by all the amount of luck it's it's a shame you you think it it should be that the cream rises to the top it should be the videos that are genuinely the best made that engage people the best should rise to the top not videos that are designed for financial gain for yes. YouTube and Google. Yeah, and, that, and that's, that's it, 100%. Yeah. And there's a, there's a million people that tell you how to do that. Yeah, but, but because... Got, yeah, you've got to... just, I better put a caveat, but I love YouTube. Um, <laughs> I think it's wonderful. Uh, please don't take this video down. <laughs> <clears throat> now, YouTube, YouTube are, yeah, very geared to yeah. hard-hitting, entertaining, quick-paced, yeah. and that's why they want you to make shorts. I'll tell you about shorts in a minute. Remind me to talk about shorts because there's something fascinating. Mm. Um, okay. But no, back to Stones. Yeah, Stones, we love that video. We, I, I saw probably about a month ago an article shared by Tim Dore, who we often mm. mention. Yep. And it was a random article with a uh, academic that had written a study on stone circles that he said were in a line. And I'm talking down from mm. Dorchester up to uh, the Devil's Crotus, is it? Devil's Crotus, Crotus? Mm. Not, not far from yeah. you probably, Headley. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, this this guy, I can't remember his name for the life of me, but he said there was like a line. And he said, actually, yeah. Stonehenge, 
Avebury aren't the centre of the universe. They are just part of a line. And I thought, oh. oh, this is fascinating. Let's dig a bit deeper and make a little video out of this. It's not my area of expertise, and I didn't want to make it sound like it's my area of expertise. Mm. I wanted it to make it sound like, this is fascinating. Let's go and have a look and see what we can find. So, um, you know, we don't want to come across like we're historians talk about these things. We want to come across like we're, we're fascinated, yeah. and we just yeah. want to share what we found out. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not trying to teach people that, yeah, there was a cultural boundary or there was a dividing line between, you know, this that, and the other. But so the, the notion of the paper was early Neolithic and the Beaker people from Europe had a cultural divide. And that line was down the centre of England and travelled through Stonehenge, Avebury and 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 all these other stone circles from right down in Dorchester, all up to Devil's Crotus and... Yeah, well, I said to Rebecca, right, do you know what? I'm going to do something stupid. I do that a lot. I'm going to I'm mm. going to record every stone circle that I can find. I used um, the megalithic portal. What a great website that is. Yeah. And their yeah. map. It's just genius. And all of a sudden I'm doing research. And like there's six. I said, Rebecca, there's six stone circles in South Swindon. Six or five, maybe at least. Mm. And I just this is really weird. And all and I put all these together. There's Tan Hill. There was one at the bottom of Tan Hill. And I tell you what, I don't know if you noticed, Edley, but there is a piece of drone footage in that video. Actually, there's three pieces of stone footage, uh, drone footage that I stole yeah. from someone. They should rename nameless. Yeah. One of which was when we made our first film together, uh, the yes. Mr. Islands. You, the yep. first place we went to. Yep. You put the drone down in the valley. Do you remember? And there's a stone circle. Yes. And we said, oh, that looks like a stone circle. Probably just a coincidence. That's a stone circle. Oh, wow. Like, oh, no. Okay. Langdean Bottom. So yes. I used your drone footage from that video. Put that in yes. that video and, and just did a bit of talking over it. And yeah, that's one of them. But I kind of, the conclusion we drew from it was basically, no, there, we couldn't find a line the stone circles just appeared to be relatively close to where you found sarsen stones. Um, you know, I, I, I can't see there being a, a cultural divide between the Beaker people and the early Neolithic. I think it's too convoluted. I think people built stone circles for various different reasons. Um, mm. I, I don't know, but mm. it was fun. It, it was a, it was a fun day. And we yeah. got to see loads of sites we'd never have gone and saw you know, in our mm. pre previous life. And um, yeah, the video flopped. Kind of half expected, but well, I, it's I, all good. I I think no. I mean, I I think it's a it's a great quality video. I mean, everyone listen to this. Just afterwards, load his video up, put it on repeat, and let's get the numbers up. But <laughs> no, it's um, I don't think it works like that. Um, I think it's a good video. It's a very good video. And again, you've got your new style of editing, which is really good. But um, it does make you think that places. I mean, Swindon is a big sprawling mass of houses yeah. and industry. And those, you, you think about the, the areas like that, like Reading, nowadays like Oxford, and you wonder what historic sites have been swallowed up by their expansion. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you think of historic sites, even, right, okay, so even Stonehenge. I mean, nowadays to get to see Stonehenge, you go through the visitor centre, you queue up, yep. you pay, whatever, you know, um, and then it's fenced off. So back in the day, so to speak, um, my parents in the swinging 60s, they're just, you know, Stonehenge wasn't well known. It was that pile of rocks on the way to, you know, Devizes or wherever, um, yeah. Amesbury, sorry. And, you know, they used to go up there and, and climb on them and all yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff. These these So there wasn't, what's happened is, I think, over decades, there's been more emphasis on these ancient areas as there's been money to be made from these ancient areas. So it, they've become less accessible, however better preserved because of it, I guess. Yeah, um, I, I don't, I'm certainly not, certainly don't want to knock the overly preserved nature of some of these places, like you say, Stonehenge. Mm, and, mm. and again, talk about David Nash and his team who did the whole analysis. The only way that a university could do the analysis is because the guy in America that originally pinned the stones back together and took mm. a core, sent the core back to England. That's the only way. They wouldn't even let him take anything from one of the current stones. So they are, yeah, indeed, like hugely protected. Mm. Um, and that's, um, yeah, it's a good thing. Because, yeah, like yeah. you say, back in the 60s, oh, well, we need a motorway there called the M4. 
So yeah, who, who cares what's there? Boom, straight for the middle of one of the, I think it's called fur clumps, one of the stone uh, circles, straight for the middle. Yeah. And yeah, I think even in the sort of 70s and early 80s, we had that attitude of who cares? Let's just build a, yeah. a road or whatever. And even my local area where the, the ring road is, all, yeah. all amount of archaeology was destroyed without any yeah. any consideration. But Progress was different. It was it was defined differently back then. I think. Yeah. You know, there was. Yeah. It was before the before the microchip revolution, before the information age, that sort of thing. Yeah. And progress was all about business and transport and energy. Yeah. And Do you that. think? Here's a question for you, Ellie. Do you think the onset and popularity of Time Team has mm-hmm. made a difference to people's perceptions of archaeology? Yeah, because it's made it more accessible. Yeah, I mean, one, I mean, one program, one. Yeah, program. and I that can be illustrated. I went to do some work, something called the Newton Valance Project. Uh, a guy called Clifford who who runs yep. it. Great guy, really great guy. Um, I think you're copied in on some of the emails. Um, yeah, and uh, I went to do some work for him, and the, the everyone was talking like normal human beings until they saw something on the screen of my drone, um, yeah. something they were looking for. And then they all started talking historian, which I think is a language. They all yeah. started talking about univalate this. And then they started putting, I don't know, I'll explain mm. it in my main topic a bit later. But it's, it's it, I think archaeology and history um, have always been perceived as being the preserve of the people that are educated in those areas and time teams suddenly bridge the divide between you know the great unwashed tv yeah. watching people like myself and you know the people out in the field actually doing the work yeah. and then put it in a presentable format stick baldrick in charge and yeah. you've got a winning formula and yeah i think that's helped i really think that's helped i, I mean, think you're right I, you look at places agree. like the you know earth trust are now engaged in you know looking at the the roman villa there i mean no one would have bothered about that 20 years ago it's like yeah. too much effort no money at the end of it yeah but now it's actually something that people want to engage with mm. yeah. i really do think that it's one single program time team has changed the mm. face of a popular archaeology and yeah. therefore put it in every put it in the household's minds that actually it's important and yeah, you know, either they're digging up a villa or they're digging up a Saxon house or they're, whatever they're doing, and all mm. of a sudden it's got this massive tangible feel to it that crikey, that well, yeah. that's that's only down the road for me this episode, or it's yeah. digging up um, the field near Marlborough, uh, Coutinho, mm. where they found a Roman hoard of coins, and all this becomes like this is really important. How did they get there? Yeah. There's a road. There's two roads there. Three. Well, I, I love that, and I, I really think the. The whole notion is great. The the number of people now saying things like, I wish I'd done history at school. Or, yeah. Or, no, no. let me rephrase that. I wish I'd enjoyed history at school. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I also, history lessons as boring. You know, you have yeah, these me too, yeah. horrible textbooks filled with stuff that didn't seem to mean anything. But now everyone, you know, I, I actively go to sites for the history. I meet mm. up with historians and have coffees and stuff with them just to just to listen to them talk yeah you know because that, that's what you're doing when you're watching time team you're listening to people that are better informed on a very interesting subject yeah um that formed society today telling mm. you what they know in, in your kind of you know sort of in a, a a style that you know most people can sort of mentally translate quite easily and yeah. digest yeah so, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah well there's our there's our praise to time mm. team yeah, for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it started up again as well. Yeah, I know they're doing it on YouTube. Well, they have been doing it on mm. YouTube, haven't they? And they've been doing a Patreon uh, where lots of people can sign up and donate. I still don't know how they make it mm. a profitable thing based on YouTube, um, mm. knowing what I do as a one-man band. Mm. Um, but there we go. That's, it's, um, good luck to them. Because yeah. I think it has changed mm. the face of the archaeological world as we mm. know it, basically. True. True, so we did we true. did the stone circle the stone circle video was what we called just a short form so it's me mm. and rebecca waffling have a bit of fun but we've got a couple of more big ones planned so we did mm. the, the one before that was uh silchester or caliva atrobatum yeah um and the one before that was wilcher's lost villages and they yeah. they were the ones i really want to do and love doing 
uh, big long form. I, I said long yeah. form, twenty minutes. Then, yeah, um, but it's 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 a different type of video, isn't it? Yes, it's that's, not, that's the point. You, yeah. You've um, gone over it with a editing wise with a fine tooth comb and mm. made it looking really good. And I really want to do that um, Abingdon one with you. So about the. Uh, the, the the big meander in the Thames at Abingdon. Yeah. About thousand, thousand years ago, there was a cut, wasn't there, mate? Yeah. From the Cullen, swift ditch. The swift ditch. And um, I had a look at it from above um, using the drone. And every yeah. time I sent the drone over it, I heard shotguns. <laughs> <laughs> so I brought the drone back. And I thought, just to check I wasn't going mad, I sent the drone back again. And sure enough, shotguns. So, like, yeah, they are actually really? for my drone. So, well, yeah. we, we should send my drone instead of yours then, because I think mine's probably about one sixth in price. <laughs> so if I lost mine, it's not well, quite they, they as wouldn't, much Well, they wouldn't see or hear yours. yours they, is well, this, little, is, this is a good you know, point. Yeah, I remember the point. conversation I was having with Rebecca about it. It's all about the size and... Yeah. Uh, right, OK. <laughs> so... So that's that's you and your tiny drone. So that's me um, and my tiny drone. So the Swift yeah. Swift Ditch is fascinating, isn't it? I think it was oh, ten fifty two AD yeah. or something ridiculous. Yeah, something like is, that. Yeah. To to cut out a meander in the river. Yeah, because it got busy. I think it was because it got busy. They kept on complaining about the traffic mm. in Abingdon. Yeah. And obviously, by traffic we mean boat traffic. Um, mm. And that. So, and there's uh, there's quite a drop in the height of the river during that meander. Because you've got the yeah. big weir at Abingdon and the lock, um, yeah. so and and the swift ditch takes a shorter route, and yeah. so it's got to it's got to be quite a height difference. In fact, I think I haven't actually been there, but I think there's kind of a drop. There's kind of a a, a weir there's, thing. There's at the, the top weir of it. on both the entrances because there's two entrances yeah. at the top in there for yeah. a hundred yards. Then there's yeah. the lock, and that lock was built in whatever year I can't remember. But yeah. I mean that that's in my head unless mm. there's something roman that's one of the mm. oldest locks in the world and it was a proper pound lock oh you're right in your element now aren't so you? We're, yeah, we're, we're, this that. is a video this is a oh, video, oh it yeah. is yeah it's a video without doubt yeah. I, I can't yeah. think of it being a big video but uh, it would no. be a it would be a nice little vlog and a, and a yeah. wander out in a big circular sort of five mile circle maybe mm. from cullum up <clears> and around so having spoken to a few people about this with Swift Ditch, so Swift Ditch is like a, a straight sort of stream. Um, it is trespassing if you're on the land, but not if you're on the water. Yeah, well, okay. What, so we need, what or, you're saying is we need, a, we need a big inflatable dinghy, Headley, to stick our backsides in. I think that's right. I think that's right. Although I do have a slight phobia of something stupid. <laughs> well, phobias aren't stupid if they, if they are phobias, Eddie. That's the thing, isn't I'm it? I'm genuinely scared of fish. Fish, okay. Yes. I mean, yeah. as long as we don't yeah. go in the water in that case, we should be all right. So long as we're not in the water. Literally in the water. There might be a big pike or something that goes under the... D anyway, <laughs> I, it's just something I need to build up to, is all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's all it... Well, yeah, who's got a dinghy? Is that the right word, a dinghy? Dinghy, who's got yeah. an inflatable something but that doesn't have to be inflatable yeah. does it yeah who's not got a canoe because i'm not going in a canoe who's got a mm. wider boat that we can go and would, would we get down the swift ditch you know in a dinghy or would we just puncture it on oh, okay, the many, I don't know. You know? I, i'll go for a little walk there i'll go for a walk there i will so a friend of mine daniel did a drone video as you I sent to you uh, so you get a rough idea, but I think I'm going to have to actually physically go there in yeah. the next couple of weeks and scope the place out and yeah. have a proper look at it and watch out for people with shotguns. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I've so, thought about my video for a little bit. Um, no, that's good. Which is fine. Yeah. I don't know what. What do you want to do? You want to have a waffle now, Hadley? Yeah, well, I was going to go over a little bit what I've done this week mm. and then launch into something. It something sort of a bit more involving so am, today am I, am I right in saying that you've ruined my fun this week yes did you say there's no tre this is now where people are going to switch on if people realize Eddie, there is no right. treasure hunt today we've lost right. we've lost no, our viewers 90 percent of our Paul, viewers are gone I'm, I, okay look <laughs> how do i put this up the, the treasure hunt feature okay at least the, at least in, the viewers in, i'm talking in, about in your head it it genuinely works, <laughs> but outside of your head, <laughs> I'm having no, I, fun, Headley. I'm having fun with this. Yeah, well, you know, I've killed oh, the fun by telling right. you what I'm talking about. Week so. off, week off, week, week, a week off. All right, okay. For your sanity, we will resume the treasure hunt feature, which does work. Episode I, I twelve. 
in episode right, now, 12. If, if we yeah. now get like a million views on this video, we know that we just never ever do the treasure hunt ever again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll do it in episode 12, Revenge of the... Revenge of the Treasure. I need yeah. to play some Annika Rice music, don't I? <laughs> yeah. So uh, today, I'm, I tell you what, I've only really done two things since the last episode. So today I did my first walk in a while. I did 12 miles along the Ridgeway. Um, it was quite warm the later part of the day, mm. quite cold at the start of it. Um, interestingly, I highlight of the day for me, apart from taking some aerial shots of Segsbury, which is always a treat, um, was <laughs> I was walking back through the woods at, at Scutcherman Knob. Great place. Um, <laughs> and there's this this dog just ran up to me whimpering. And it's like, you know, this dog is like pouring at me and everything. And I was like, hello, mate, you know, um, mm. looking around, there's no owner. And it was, a, it was a bit of a lassie moment. The dog was kind of leading me on, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it sitting there whimpering. And if I walked away from it, it sort of whined and everything. So I walked towards the dog and it led me to this car in, you know, okay. the car park at Scutterman. And there's absolutely no one around at all. No one right. around. And there's this dog in the middle of nowhere. And so I was like, all right, mate, I'll have a look, you know. And I, I thought I'd better check there's no one dead in the car or something, you know. Yeah. Dogs pouring at the window. Yeah. And sure enough, there's no one dead in the car sort of thing. And, okay, good news. And the dog the dog was just, you know, so took the dog to some shade and put a bit of water on grass for it to lick because it was a bit warmer. And I didn't know what to do. So um, what would you do, you know? Um, so I stayed there for mm. a while and I saw this lady <clears throat> in, eventually in the distance down the ridgeway. <clears throat> And she was clearly looking for something, you know, hopefully a dog. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I took the dog to her. I said, excuse me, I said, is this your dog? And the dog ran up to her and licked her and everything. And she just sort of walked off. I'm like, don't mention it. Thanks. <laughs> you know, don't mention it, you know. <laughs> and I was like, oh. How bizarre. Seriously. So I carried on walking, but I was clearly catching her up because <clears throat> I was, you know, we're going the same way. And I'm yeah. probably obviously walking faster than her and just caught her up again. And I just said to her, I said, um, you know, your dog was whimpering in the woods and, you know, and she sort of looked at me and raised an eyebrow. I'm like, OK, all right, fair enough. Mm -hmm. So I walked on and then about 20 minutes later, this dog ran up to me again and she's nowhere to be set off. How bizarre. What do I do now? What do I do now? Yeah. Anyway, that's my, my day. Maybe um, she's trying to lose the dog or something. It's sinister. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just... I don't know. But other than that, this week, uh, well, <clears throat> this week, a couple of uh, drone jobs. So people wanting their one manor house, one farm, wanted aerial photography. Um, 160 quid a throw if anyone's interested. Just mm -hmm. put that in there. Um, and I. <laughs> well, you've never mentioned that, Ellie. You've never mentioned that no, you I are available and, I'm, yeah. you know, for um, yeah. paid work. Well, this is it. And the drone get, nature. You know, you stack these drone jobs up and, you know, mm. do the full thing with a risk assessment and give them nice pictures and videos at the end of it. It's it's yeah. it's nice. And if it's a fairly well-oiled process and everything. But my front end, really, this, this week has been the um, Earth Trust. So I took part in Oxfordshire um, Art Weeks. And um, we had, over the week, we had, uh, it, it might end up being more or less, but I think it was around 800 visitors. Um, yep. And so each day I was waffling, losing my voice, talking about <clears> pictures, <throat> uh, selling pictures. I've got a few distributions now to do and everything. It's, it went really, really well. I enjoyed mm. it. And we had a, a nice coffee van as well. Um, mm -hmm. I, got, I got it free because I'm doing a drone job for them as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was nice because it was at Whitnam Clumps. So, you know, yeah. um, managed to do a little walk here and there and get some nice pictures. I, I cycled in one day from... Uh, just from Didcot, uh, across the fields there. And the clumps look absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. You know, the real minty greens and, and you know, uh, the bright yellow as well of the fields and everything and the dark blue sky. And it uh, it had a very um, Wiltshire look about it. So which Wiltshire. direction are Whitnam clumps from Didcot? <clears throat> uh, they are to the east. Just east. sort of just, just north of east. Uh, mm. So for yes. the purpose of, yes, that's it. 
Yeah, I got them. Yeah, so, I got them. I got them. I got them. I got them. Yeah. yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So for the purpose cool. of Spotify uh, listeners, Paul is probably pulling up a map. Yes. But I am. you don't. Sorry. You can't see it. I can't see it. So. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. anyway, yeah. Um, so it's really nice and. Um, Earth Trust, uh, as I, said, I did Whitlam Clumps on a previous episode, but they look after Whitlam Clumps, uh, Neptune Woods and a few other places, um, uh, Radley Lakes. <clears throat> and uh, their actual headquarters is built around a series of old farm buildings which have been renovated. And so we were hmm. exhibiting in this lovely old barn. Um, I was with, uh, I think it was five other artists. And um, yeah, it was just a really, really nice vibe about it. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was really, really good. Um, and that's about it, really. The other stuff I'm doing is Wessex Airscapes preparation. So we've got our, Hannah and I have got our big uh, Wessex Airscapes show coming up in July. And uh, that's uh, a lot of stuff. I mean, she's, I'll be honest with you, she, at the moment, she's doing the bulk of it. But we're so, also, so Anna's doing the painting. She's doing, yeah. You're so doing I do, the pictures. I do, yeah, I do yeah. the I I take the pictures with yeah. the drone. Uh, she paints them, and we exhibit both together. She's also yeah. doing a lot of uh, abstract artwork as well um, this time round, and uh, we've got a book coming out just about to go to print. So uh, with her dad Patrick, who uh, who sort of does the sort of the narr- narrative and uh, the history bit of it. And, oh, okay, um, cool. So yeah, so where, a, a where, so you you've got an ex- a joint exhibition coming up to yep. obviously try and push some of these so where is that what's the what's the it's at the devices it's in devices at the wiltshire museum from yeah. the 8th of july um and yeah it's it's good kids go free adults and how long is that for is that 8th of not, july not for it's going to be three and a half months so through to oh, wow. mid so basically you just have your stuff displayed there yeah Oh, yeah. cool. Okay, That's right. So, I didn't know what the fee. I know, I know you've talked about it a few times, but I did actually know. I thought mm. it would be helpful for me and yeah, yeah, no, uh, our listeners to understand absolutely. exactly what absolutely. it was. So from the eighth of July, but it's, it's one of those things where we're thrown thrown everything at it. You know, we've we've spent yeah. two two years preparing this. Um, yeah. We're absolutely thrown the kitchen sink at this. We're doing everything we can. Mm. So um, yeah, I'm not worried about what sells what doesn't sell um i just want to make it as good as possible yeah so yeah it's gonna be good um smashing i, I was going to cover a subject this week um, uh, um do you want me to do that now or have you got something before no, i mean i was only going to waffle a little bit about some roman maps that i've got stuck in my head yeah um but no no i haven't got a long subject i could also talk about fairford and whitney railway Mm. Um, which you'll know a little bit about because they end up near mm. your neck of the woods. But no, you, now's a great time, Hedley, to crack on with your little subject. Okay. That has no tra- treasure hunt. It doesn't have a treasure hunt, so no. <laughs> um, so what's, I was going to talk a little bit about um, drone photography, the Ridgeway and, and stuff like that. Um, so I wanted to outline sort of different drone uses in relation to preserving and unearthing kind of the heritage of the Ridgeway. So sort of the artistic implementation um yep. so how the art world is being influenced by uh, aerial perspectives uncovering earthworks that are invisible from the ground uh, how i see the ridgeway and uh, just a little bit about drones themselves and aerial landscape photography hmm. so so you know so artists amateur photographers with their sort of camera phones and professional photographers with their their slr cameras are now joined yeah. by us aerial photographers what i call the the red kites view style of media uh which mm. has proven to be sort of an exciting and important method of showing the ridgeway in yeah. some context aerial pictures and videos can represent sort of an accurate depiction of the ridgeway in relation to the surrounding hills uh, fields woodlands historic sites that it passes but it's it's also sort of provided a new appreciation of the delicately narrow environment that the ridgeway itself occupies um and so much of its length, you know, walkers, cyclists, horse riders are kind of unaware of that the, the preserved natural grasses, bushes and trees uh, and the verges only span a few metres from the track itself. Yeah. And from above, it kind of looks like a slim ribbon of nature crossing very large open fields and crops and woodland. Um, and also as the Ridgeway passes many Iron Age uh, hill forts along its length, uh, they these take on a, like a startling new dimension from the air. So not only can you now appreciate their actual shape and location, but 
the high quality cameras that now come on drones expose every little element and detail of yeah. these hill forts and the preserve like the dynamic contrast and colors that they offer from above uh so in certain places and at certain times during low sun there's new earthworks have become uh, visible you know and this has mm. sort of sparked an interest among many sort of historians uh, leading to some targeted site investigations um obviously the picture quality is severely throttled back on social media when you post something um but the photos and videos in their their raw form now provide breathtaking depth and uh, breath breathtaking depth of detail uh, much of which just isn't you know visible from the ground mm. um and obviously up until the last few years aerial photography was sort of limited to traditional aircraft and traditional cameras mm. uh, and some of them made the very best of this they could so there was major george allen uh, whose famous pictures of uffington uh white horse and the other sites have kind of they were revolutionary at the time but mm. uh but uh, in fact, his, his, his photography still proves useful today when we're studying the changes that have occurred over the last 90 years, like including the size and the shape of the Uffington horse itself. But it's only in recent years that the high quality, fully stabilised cameras uh, can now be easily deployed at a low altitude to capture the, the kind of media that we're all used to. And I think, yeah, it's become quite normalised now, uh, the drone. Yeah, view. it's about time really, isn't it? It's about time that people yeah. sort of weren't, didn't use the drone word as something that's an annoyance or exactly, exactly. scary or yeah you know gonna disturb the peace because mm. it's not it's a it's a it's something that helps create art isn't it at the end of the day yeah exactly so i mean well actually as you say that so okay so my own flying remit is i've been you know assisting historians with site surveys like the newton valance project i was on about earlier and the the roman site on lowbury hill um yeah. But most of my time is, as you say, dedicated to sort of aesthetic site photography and photo shoots for, well, for, for Anna Dillon as well. So, yeah. and it's in this area where uh, I think drone photography really comes into its own. So, you know, yeah, most... Yeah, you you might be like creating... At the end of the day, mm. we look back on different mm. artists who had different styles, don't we, right? Yeah. Whether it, yeah. Whatever kind of artist that is, you know, you, you could be yourself creating a little legacy. You know, one of the, yeah, you know, uh, early drone <laughs> photographers, Headley Ford. Yeah. Uh, yeah, why be. not? Why not? Absolutely. Well, yeah. it's, it's an art well, form. Well, yeah, I mean, everyone talks about who they're inspired by. I mean, like artists do. It's like they, they say. Yeah. Uh, but I think um, I think they're kind of less obvious influences from the actual landscape itself. So, yeah. That that creates a familiarity across their work. So many artists and photographers of, of the Ridgeway tend to share a lot of similarities in their style. And it becomes, and this becomes more obvious from above. The, the dark shades of green on the scarp and the the, the lighting on the beach clumps and contrasting chalk white versus the green background on the, you know, sort of the white horses of Uffington and Hackman and the triangle yeah. figures like at Watlington and, and Whiteleaf. I think also the other thing is you know newcomers to drones that they they fly their drone that really really high yeah all the pictures look like they've been captured from an aircraft window yeah. after leaving gatwick but i think photography from that height just flattens everything out and obliterates the precious little elevation that we actually got yeah along the ridgeway um and i think that's elevation that should be used instead to sort of portray the di the dimensions and depth of the landscape instead but i think yeah, also yeah. the 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 unique aspect of provided by a drone would be completely wasted by flying you know at head height because you're not differentiating yeah. then from regular photography um not to mention you know illegally endangered passers-by yeah. <clears throat> so i think there's a happy medium i think you know fine pictures taken high enough to intrigue the eye by its unusual viewpoint and views over the hedges of the ridgeway but low enough to portray the detail and familiarity of the folding landscape tend to be the ones that people are most drawn to and that's what you know that's what sort of drew me to what i do with anna um people yeah. seem to you know seem to be i think also pictures need to be sort of complemented by a story i found this at oxfordshire art weeks not just sort yeah. of historical or national events that occurred in the area but you know personal events on the day the picture was taken like you know this is the day we were chased by a dog or this is the day okay. my shoe yeah. broke or this is the day we accidentally lost the ridgeway and had to use the drone to find our way back mm -hmm. that yeah. happened <laughs> um, but i think 
I think there's one. There's also one other aspect of drone photography that's utterly unique, and that's the the top down view where you turn the camera right down. So yeah, um, yeah. instead of looking at the two thirds view, and yeah. um, you know the, this. So you, when you do that, burial mounds become like perfect circles, and yeah, yeah. you know long barrows marked out by a shadow. Long barrows become oblong objects that are carefully placed and in their environment. Yeah. Hill forts become these intriguing oblong shakes that you know looks like a child designed them with elastic bands i think it's wonderful yeah so. and, and, it, and in my line of work i, I tend mm. to you know the shot down i tend to mm. like an abandoned mm. viaduct looking down that kind of shot yeah. or it allows me to go under an abandoned viaduct or or one of the mm. best shots I, I did was um mm. uh, a viaduct which i won't remember the name of in scotland it goes up a big mm. valley, not Glenfinnan, mm. Glen, Glen Ogle, Glen Ogle Viaduct. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And we we took a drone off from the viaduct because um, mm. it's just a cycle path and sort of zoomed out. No, yeah, we zoomed mm. in and pulled the drone out at the same time. So you got the whole dolly effect, you know, the jewels yeah. dolly oh, effect nice. on it. Yeah. And I love that sort of thing. And it gives you that, you know, that sort of from our, our infrastructure, mm. um, yeah. more over landscape. And while well, yeah. you you get sort of drone shots as B roll photography, and you get people like me hosting these exhibitions, I think it's fair to say that in in more than any other arena, drone drone media sort of now propagated social media. So you know, pictures and video clips of the Ridgeway are sort of readily appreciated by sort of couch based consumers. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it, because of that, the average drone photographers found it more difficult to catch people's attention. Uh, you know, people yeah. scroll Instagram really, really quickly, and uh, yeah. I think the the initially the aerial perspective was enough to warrant an extended glance uh, and perhaps even a comment. And, but I think the extensive use of drones has kind of, as I said, normalised the aerial perspective. So yeah, um, we're we're looking for new ways to differentiate the work uh, yeah. from the other hordes of wannabe David Bailey airborne <laughs> cameras. Yeah. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Uh, yeah, again, again, yeah. you know, referring it to what we do, we we like it when we we bizarrely we get comments from people saying to us, "Why don't you mm. buy a drone for your videos?" Yeah, and literally the last five videos have had drone footage in. Yeah, but in our yeah. in our kind of view is well, that's not a bad thing because we want it to be yeah. so subtle, yeah, that they don't realise there's a drone footage in there. There's like two seconds. And then yeah. later on in the video, two seconds, just a tiny little compliment. Um, mm. And so when someone says, why don't you go and buy a drone to help your videos? <laughs> You're like, OK, mm. yeah, I've kind of achieved the goal I wanted to, enough subtlety to... It's good. Yeah. And I think also with the, the last two years, we've had the the advent of the the zoom lens on a drone, which has been very difficult yeah. to achieve because, you know, you, you can't have a, a mechanical moving part. You know, that just isn't the... It can't carry the weight and hasn't got the aerodynamics for it and it's too expensive. Yeah. So you have these fixed... Uh, I mean, mine's got one of my lenses is 162 mil fixed, so it's a seven times zoom. But what yeah. that means is, you know, you can get um, Silbury Hill, West Canic Long Barrow, yeah. uh, Windmill Hill, all in one shot, all of mm. equal size, just by putting the drone quarter of a mile behind West Canic Long Barrow, and yeah. you know, no one's ever seen that view before. Even drone mm. pilots haven't seen that view. It's mm. it's that, that's what's getting the double take from the scrollers. Now. Yeah, and people saying mm. you photoshop that. Uh, yeah, like, no, yeah. I didn't Photoshop it. <laughs> you've, so. you've picked up Silbury Hill and you've moved it closer yeah. to the to East yeah. Kennet Longborough or West. But I think also, it's also you know that if people there is a lot of very good drone photographers out there, and so I, I help run the, the Ridgeway Group, and I see the comments that people make to to join the group, and we're about one hundred and fifteen thousand strong now, and it's yeah, um, that's a great group. You, you, it's a great group, and people join it because they saw a drone shot of Silbury Hill or a drone shot of the Ridgeway. So, yeah. you know, it's definitely it, it's definitely kind of, um, you know, it, although it's no longer a unique aspect, it's producing very good photography mm. with the, the, the grade of camera. Um, so, okay, um, obviously drones are important in, you know, archaeology, and they can record huge amounts of high-quality imaging as well and mm. uh, information mapping and they're obviously cost efficient to what we used to have instead of, you know, yeah. helicopters and cherry pickers and such like. Yeah. Um, 
And of course, I've seen photos now that can be resolved into sort of three D elevation models using the right software and everything. So, uh, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier about the Newton Valance project. So, yeah, um, before working on around the Ridgeway, um, I, I sort of did some aerial archaeology photography with it was Clifford Jones. That was it, um, and using the aircraft to locate sort of earthworks in uh, open land around Newton Valance in Hampshire. And I flew the drone from three different locations, capturing yeah. I think it's four K and five K high resolution video and in, in and it's really good weather um but in in the viewfinder uh, i inadvertently located a sort of potential square earthwork actually yeah. in the garden of the the gentleman who's hosting the, the the event and uh it sort of prompted them to all start putting sticks in the ground that's strange people <laughs> um so the other thing was lowbury hill i mean um much closer to the Ridgeway is the, the Lowbury Hill site. So yeah. uh, it's kind of like, as I said before, it's my local high point, my weekly walk. It's only 186 metres above sea level, but it's the highest land in South Oxfordshire and it's 360 degree views. Yeah. Um, around, I've got to get this right. So 360 degrees around the counties of Oxfordshire, Berkshire, Wiltshire, Hampshire, Buckinghamshire, and from the drone Gloucestershire as well. Uh, and sorry. Um, right. But it was... Um, so it's kind of an ideal spot for a Romano Celtic building, and uh, mm. and from the ground, I mean, if the grass has been grazed, you can just about make the vague outline of a square, sort of possibly enclosure, maybe even a temple on top yeah. of the hill if you're looking for it. But uh, it was it was also thought to be um, kind of a rural central point for markets and paying taxes and ritual activity. Yeah. So, but um, I've been doing some work for Summer Courts, who's doing a PhD on Lowbury Hill. I'm kind of in, you know, unofficially her photographer, which is quite nice. But I went there in the the hot summer with, with Anna and uh we uh the, when when had the the grass was scorched so you could see yeah. every single imperfection and we waited yeah. till the sun was quite low. Excuse me. And we saw the the enclosure and the the barrows that are there, but we also saw we picked out a couple of uh, ring ditches as well that yeah. no one had known about and mm. I actually went back in to sort of confirm that in December when we had the frost and the low sun. Yeah. And sure enough, they were there. So I sent those off to summer at Reading University. And I, I think they're applying for funding to get sort of some sort of geophys and everything over it. Yeah. So, um, and I think, you know, it's it's great. You, you can pick up these sort of things. I found some earthworks over on Baldwin Hill, near just to the north of the Ridgeway. Yeah. Um, and I think we also managed to reveal a good length of unmapped sections of Grimm's Ditch going right through the area there. So oh, okay. um, we're, we're right. currently doing a project to maybe do an exhibition where we're looking for sort of some sort of sponsorship on that. Because um, mm. it's one of those things where it's going to be difficult to actually sell the pictures, I think. Because, right. you know, who do you know is going to buy a picture of Grimm's Ditch off the top of your head? There, there are people, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's say. not the same as Stonehenge, or you know. Yeah. Um. So you know, and it, it made me think about how I saw the Ridgeway. I don't want to get over philosophical, but I thought you know, so aerial photography is sometimes kind of an excuse for me to be on the Ridgeway to get away from the long hours of my real job. Um, and the track's existence is in, is kind of enhanced by the awareness and enjoyment of those that visit. Mm. Uh, it's kind of thrives on the, it, it thrives on the, the experiences of its visitors and, and the, the, you know even the passing of the season it's, it's kind of a long triple si isn't it a nature reserve yeah bordered yeah. by modern transport agriculture and humanity and uh yeah mm. it's it's um yeah i, I absolutely love it I well it. interestingly one of the questions mm. that we we had mm. earlier today was mm. what is your favorite part of the bridgeway yeah uh so oh really yeah. okay yeah I, um, I can't answer that because i haven't specifically walked along the ri- i have walked along sections mm. of ridgeway but almost not knowingly if that makes sense yeah i've not gone oh today i want to walk on part of it i've just ended up there for whatever reason and went oh i'm oh, on the ridgeway favorite so i'm gonna let you ridgeway. answer that Edley. really i think you should answer okay well, i'll take a swig of drink then i on. mean the, i guess the easiest the either better question would then be not the mm. better question would be if you if transport wasn't an issue and you could teleport yourself instantaneously to any part and go for a five mile walk so you could go right. snap your fingers and you're at any right. place you want to be where would you go instantaneous so, like um you know i see what you mean yeah so i 
that that's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking is, you know, where would you recommend someone to go for the first time? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is another way of looking at it, but I think that would yield a different answer. Um, so, and, and the other one is, if someone mentions the Ridgeway to you, what's the first bit of it that you think of? You know, I, yeah. I, was, on the, so I was up on the Ridgeway today, and I, it's difficult to know. I mean, I think the most spectacular parts of the Ridgeway to me are probably Uffington area. So everywhere from Sparshalt Furs, just near Wantage, uh, yeah. all the way to Wayland Smithy, that is just you know, yeah. okay. absolutely packed with history and its views. You go over Uffington White Horse Hill, which is very high, and have a look at the horse. Um, I think also you can't ignore the Avebury end. I think that yeah. around there is gorgeous. Uh, Liddington Castle. Um, and actually Smeeth Ridge, going from Barbary Castle to Liddington as well, um, the highest part of the Ridgeway, I think, Liddington. Yeah. But then going further east, you've got... Now, Lowbury Hill is my favourite area there, but I think the Ridgeway there is okay. It's not... It's You don't have the, the, the big views you have elsewhere. But then it drops down Streetly Warren, and that is spectacular. That is really, really gorgeous. Okay. So Streetly, Streetly Warren, definitely. That's way up there. Um, yeah. yeah. But then I've only dealt with half the Ridgeway because there's that's the, the western half. So going yeah. further north and east up into the Chilterns, a bit past Watlington's nice, um, especially if you go up the Watlington Hill. Um, yeah. And I, I, it's a bit of a grey area for me just to the north of there, all the way at Prince's Risborough, simply because there's so many no-fly zones up there that yeah, I yeah. haven't gone there to take you know, footage. I can't launch a drone. Yeah. Um, but definitely at the far end, uh, Ivinghoe Beacon, really, really nice. That That's nice. If, and if you go to Ivinghoe Beacon, either early morning or especially late evening, the views are uh, fantastic. Really, really yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, absolutely beautiful along there. But uh, yeah, if you had to, if I had to choose a place on the Ridgeway where I it's the only place on the Ridgeway I could go. Yeah, for me it's Sparshalt Furs to Uffington and Wayland Smithy. Yeah, I think okay. I think I think I've got a yeah. It's not the most regular place I go. That my walk today was the most regular place. That's kind of West Hillsley up to uh, Court Hill Cafe near Wantage and and. Um, Sexby Camp, which is nice. Court Hill Cafe. So where's Court Hill Cafe? And just to the near, south, south of Wantage. Okay, what well, on yeah. what on the A three three eight or yeah. So if you follow the A three three eight up the yeah. hill, so yeah. out of the town up the hill, you'll see Court Hill Cafe just to the west of the road. Um, it's the only place. So if you, <laughs> it's the only place in the entire western half of the Ridgeway, yeah, where there's somewhere to stop. Eat and drink. There are other diversions you can make. There is an Indian um, restaurant, but obviously, if you're hiking and you just want lunch, you know, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then you don't really have. You can get. There are places at Ashbury if you're willing to go a couple of miles out your way. But yeah. apart from Court Hill, which is only half a mile off the Ridgeway, you don't have anywhere. In fact, there's no buildings, almost no, no. buildings, the yeah. whole length of it until you get to Goring and Streetly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Court Hill Cafe is usually usually fairly busy. You know, you yeah. have walkers, cyclists, um, and uh, it's got a lovely little woodland there as well. I've, I'm sort of talking about Court Hill now, but it is it's lovely. You've got some yeah. woods there, and I think they're mainly beech trees, so you can see through uh, down into the valley. And the view, actually, I, I let's take this further. If someone's looking for somewhere to go in South Oxfordshire yeah. and they want a cup of tea or lunch, Court Hill Cafe, and I'm not being paid to say this, <laughs> is fantastic because behind the cafe there are woods. And if you go in the woods, there's a little seat that overlooks the Thames Valley. And the view from that is just amazing, especially in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really, really nice. I, I could sit there for an hour. It's just yeah. wonderful. Um, okay. So, yeah. Marvellous. All right. Well, I, I have done a great job of keeping up with that on, on the mm. map as well, Headley, whilst you've been talking about that. <laughs> I will pat myself on the back. Well done. <laughs> to be fair, though, it, the Ridgeway is just a line, so it's not... It's not difficult, is it? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But, yeah. 
Well, that, that's pretty cool. Eddie. I think we've done a nice. Co- well, I say we. You've done a nice, comprehensive um, chat there on the bridge. Well, that was epicness. Um, Thank you very much. So we got a few. We got. I don't know there may be ten minutes left of waffle. Um, yeah. I'm not. I, I won't. I don't need to waffle about what I'm delving my head into. But if I hold this book up, you'll know what our, our next oh, hang on. big um, project. Oh, right. Is about big project. Um, hmm. And if I said this is the most recent um, hmm. entry into the video that we're making, the earliest being Marinus of Tyre and Ptolemy and, I don't know, um, Pompinus hmm. Melee of... For the, for the and, purpose of non-YouTube oh. people, he, he held up a book that said Roman Roads of Britain. Yeah, but Ivan <laughs> Magari, 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 oh, yeah. Magari, okay. however people pronounce his name, forgive me. Mm. But yeah, so next step, next step, next big episode. I'm going to plug this now, Eddie, because I'm so excited. Go for it. We've, Go got, for an, it. we've got a short form coming out a week Sunday. I don't know when this mm. one's going out, but it's Sunday the something, week and a half from now, called It's an Every Disuse Station on the Fairford and Whitney line. It's nearly ended up in Abingdon, or a bit north of Abingdon. Um, I can't remember where it ended up. I can't remember the name of it. Yarnton, Yarnton. Yeah, yeah. North of Oxford. Um, But the week after that, we have a video called How We Mapped Roman Britain. And I can't tell you how excited I am. I've I've been doing so much research on (laughs) Greek mathematicians and geographers um, to uh, middle-aged people who replicated their work to the greatest map I've ever seen, which mm. I'm having printed by a printer, and it's 22 mm. foot long. 22 foot? Yep, 22 foot long by um, 13 inches high. Um, and it Where is. Are a, you going to display that? I, I don't <laughs> know. that, <laughs> But how cool is that? That was a yeah. map, yeah? That was a map from 1200 AD that was a copy of a Roman map. Now, the original map is gone. What Mm. only survived was this 1200 AD map called Putinger's Map. Yeah, Google it when you get a moment later on. Mm. Putinger's Map genuinely was 22 feet long. It's like a a rolled out manuscript. And it was Mm. the entire Roman road empire. And it's the earliest surviving road network Roman map. And it is a piece of art. And I think that was the whole point. Yeah. It's and you know, here's the here's the single most frustrating thing you will ever know in your life. The bit with Britain on mm. didn't survive. There's a tear in the map, right? Oh, no. <laughs> Genuinely, there is a tear in the map. So Britain, you can see the bottom of Britain because because the map is twenty two foot long. It's clearly not to scale. Britain's on its side, yeah. Um, and you can see about four towns on the south coast from Exeter to Bitton near Southampton to Dover and a couple of others in Kent. Um, but literally, it's kind of torn. Britain, so Britain is gone, and it's the most single frustrating thing. But the map is just this piece of yeah. art. But. From that to to antiquarians like Richard Hall, um, Stukely or whatever his name was, all sorts of weird and wonderful people. And the great Roman hoax, somebody, again, I'm not going to go into it now, but somebody um, hoaxed Stukely into, they found this Roman manuscript. They found all these maps, but it was a lie. Why? But he's fooled all these antiquarians. And a lot of what is around today, the Pennines, the Pennines mm. were named based on the fact that this guy had found these maps that were Roman, but he was making it up. And they named all these places. <laughs> they named the Pennines. Basically, the Pennines are called the Pennines because of a hoax. So they, they shouldn't really be called the Pennines. Um, wow. Anyway, whole load of whole load of random stories, um, which are beautiful. And I'm going to try and put it into a lovely long form piece of art. So that's coming in a week and a half or so. So I'm quite excited. Uh, you, you, I'm, I'm excited about that. You've got to be proud of your videos. It's yeah, they, it, when they come together well like that, when when I mm. feel like it's going well, then I kind mm. of, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased. Yeah. Then, but um, yeah. Actually, one of the comments on last week's episode uh, mentioned your videos. Do you want me to do those now? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, so Davey941 says, 
Uh, I don't know what David because I can't scroll. Here we go. <laughs> uh, hi again, Paul and Headley. Interesting videos always. And this is where it says, Paul, you are killing it with your videos now. Really uh, enjoy that's them. That's very kind. Uh, Clay Hill looks so nice. Well done. Uh, thank you again, guys. Which I thought was really nice. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Davey941. Uh, Krish5319. Thank you, Paul and Headley, for answering my question. I found the discussion fascinating, especially the insight uh, that so much is relatively accessible. Mm. Okay, that's good. Let's have a look. Uh, he, uh, he uh, I think it's a he, also said, I sent the link to my wife to remind her that we need to visit Clay Hill, driven past it many times. Thank you for that also. Brilliant. So it's actually yeah. making a difference. You know, we made yeah. a video about Clay Hill and we've probably just actually, you know, Made yeah, someone somebody go there. there. Yeah, yeah brilliant. I love that. Exploring it. Love that. Um, love that. Uh, I seem to remember at the end of our last video, we said oh, we're probably the only people still listening to yeah. this. <laughs> David Bellani, 3308, disagrees. He says it's not just to you too. Some <laughs> hardcore waffle absorbers tuned in as well, even right to the end. All right, That's good David, to know. There we go. I, I like that. Um, so it's me, says, you, me, you and David right now, yeah? It's me, it's, it's us two and David. I'm happy with that. It's three of us in this particular <laughs> pub. He does say his ears pricked up at the mention of Portway and Andover, but nothing to do with old roots. He said, I, I worked for a while in the industrial estate there some time ago now. Wow, yeah. brilliant. Okay. There you go. Well, that, that is where I work in my other job. Um, ah. West Portway Industrial Estate. And I, mm. I occupy a building right next to the Haraway. There we go. Oh, oh wow. Um Ian D. Dalton, great podcast, new subscriber. Yes. Uh, he's a, he says he's a Warminster local. He can see his house from here. Never seen a UFO, though, in 50 <laughs> years. Uh, <laughs> he's put, it's not from as in Rome, it's from as in room. Very quick pronunciation. Froom. Oh, from. You should watch that. It's yeah, probably me, isn't it? Yeah, there's a J. For I didn't correct you on it, Headley. I thought I better not. Yeah. There's a J. Foreman video about pronunciations in England, and he, and he talks about Froome. Oh. Froome oh. being the weirdest, uh, you mm. know, doesn't look like what it should look like. Yeah. No, no, I saw that. It's, he's he's brilliant. Uh, Ian also says about Battle Spree and Scratchby nearby, which is true. And he's also mentioned the very reason we didn't go there. Uh, because it's on the edge of the SPTA, the Salisbury uh, uh, plane training area. So, yep. and obviously they're currently training up the Ukraine troops and everything. So, yeah, drone activity is not really, uh, not really yeah. good there. Um, uh, Simon trains uh, Clay Hill looks lovely. Great podcast. Thank you for the kind words and shout out to the comment last podcast. Cheers, Simon. I can see this happening again because people thank us for shouting out to them, and then we're going <laughs> to shout out and again. So it's a it's a never ending loop. Yeah, of thank yous. But that's fine. We can deal with that. I think we can deal with that. SUAS News. Hello from South Africa. Cool. Wow. Okay, and then Russell Gordon five nine eight one says hello from Canada, Great. which really worldwide. And one comment. <laughs> so this is from at user hyphen z o nine fn three wv nine w. Did you just read out one of your passwords, Edley? No, but I think that must be theirs. <laughs> um, basically, just says yawn. Oh. So I replied. Uh, are you okay? And let's have a look at his channel. Hang on. Has I he say got a channel? Oh, oh, on there, yeah. well, yeah, you have to on YouTube. So, uh, number of subscribers, one. Number of videos, none. No profile picture. Yeah, you see. Oh, so he's got, hang on, so he's, got no, he's got no content of his own. He's, a, he's either a bot of some kind or, I mean, to be fair, if you're going to say yawn, that implies two things. It impl implies that you've, you've, listened to it all the way through and then come up with a judgment or your it's not your subject so go away yeah i, I <laughs> you know but I mean, at the end of the day it's interaction for the um for the youtube so we'll it take is, that for the win exactly we'll take the interaction mm. i mean i you know if, if he or they or, or she doesn't want to watch a video about you know wessex um area landscape and you know industrial stuff then Fine, I'm not going to watch a video about, you know, I'm not going to watch about the Eurovision Song Contest. This but. is true. It's like it, it would be yeah. like that, wouldn't it? It would be like you clicking yeah. on Eurovision Song Contest video, then commenting then that you yours, didn't yeah. like it. I didn't like yeah. this. 
I know I yeah. wouldn't have liked it because, yeah. but I clicked on yeah. it anyway just to prove that I didn't like it. So, so let's get some interaction. All of those who have made it this far and have made a reasoned judgment. If you've made it this far, I think your judgment really counts. And you haven't liked it. Write down yeah. below now. <laughs> <laughs> Just write down at the bottom of this video, yawn, terrible, etc., etc. I've listened but, to one minute, but, one hour, and uh, yeah. But if you're just doing that because I asked you to, just put a smiley face at the end of it. Just so, you know you're <laughs> so we don't insult you in the next next episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah and click on your profile and tell, yeah. tell everyone how awful it is. You've Why got no subscribers. <laughs> oh no. Okay, I'm gonna. Anyway, <clears throat> cool. That's everything I've got. I think. I think that's basically. I've got. I, I could yep. waffle on for hours about Roman maps. Maybe I will mm. do next time because our video will have been out by then. Um, yeah, that's good. Because I'm really quite excited. And uh, yeah, yeah. But in the meantime, we've got an every issue station coming out before then. Yeah. So go yep. and watch that as well, everybody. And then also put in your diaries. Get get your phone out now, everybody. Put in your diary. Eighth of July to so go and visit, or maybe soon after the eighth of July, the mm. Wiltshire Museum in Devizes. Yes, because that'd be cool. Wiltshire Museum in Devizes. We'll go, we'll go along ourselves, Hedley. Tell us when you're going to yeah. be there, and we'll try and um, pop yeah. along. I'll, I'll, so, I'll put it on yeah. Twitter when I'm going to be there. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, you know, if you if you're if you're really good to me, I might even invite you to the private viewing. Oh my goodness me, that sounds a yeah. bit a bit saucy, yeah. Hedley. Oh, it's just like any other viewing, just the lights are a bit lower. That's oh, okay. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, we better shut up, haven't we? We better shut up. We thank you very up. much, Paul. Yeah, thanks, everybody. And thanks, Headley. Thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, we appreciate your um, viewership or listenership. Yep. And, yep. Uh, yeah, we'll probably probably see you or hear you or you'll hear us yep. next time. And those of you on YouTube, please uh, comment below. And, you know, if you want to like, then like. But that's, that's over to you. Thank you very much. <laughs> yep. See you next time. Bye-bye.